we can never say learning is not important. That's today's topic. Check it out. Good morning, guys. It is 12.25 midnight, and um, got home a little while ago. We went out evangelizing with Eli and a lot of brothers and sisters. Is this camera crooked? A lot of brothers and sisters tonight. It was really, um, it, was, it was a great time, you know, and uh, ended up... Uh, we're at the church. Abraham was fixing, messing with the projector, fixing some stuff. And Eli came up and uh, we hung out with him for a little bit, just fellowshipping, talking. Sister uh, Lydia and Al came. and But anyways, guys, um, <clears throat> I wanted to uh, dive into this topic, you know, because of Wednesday at our Bible study time, um, we're going to probably do a 30-minute Bible study, and then I'm going to go into the PLBS explaining what the Bible college is all about. And I'm kind of, um, I think because my brain is thinking about that, and just things I've been seeing lately, I realize how important and key it is. You know, um, I remember I went to the Bible college during my incarceration. I think I enrolled in 2007. And uh, ended up getting an associate's degree in biblical studies by 2008. And then I kept going in a bachelor's in ministry. And um, I guess I just assumed that anyone, because I knew God had called me to pastor. So I assumed all pastors have a somewhat formal education. You know, it's important. It's key. You know, and um, I just... I didn't, I didn't, I'm not saying that everybody has to go to seminary and, and just like hardcore, you know, not everybody is, is called to be a theologian, not everybody's called to be a scholar, you know, but I guess I always assumed that people that were in a position of pastoring or things in that sense had somewhat of a formal education. Why do I feel that's important? Because a lot of people would be like, well, I just need the Bible and I just need the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bring things to remembrance. Meaning you have to know it in order for the Holy Spirit to remind you. You know, if I've never been to Alaska and all of a sudden I got to talk about it, how can the Holy Spirit help me remember Alaska if I've never been there? No. So th this is why this, this subject is kind of key and important, you know, because the more, the more I see... A, a, a huge burden grows in me. And um, I've had a few people tell me, um, you're a teacher. You know, I know you're a pastor, I know, but you're a teacher. You know, and um, I guess over time, especially recently, the urgency that I see in so many people that do have a calling, they really do. But there's no learning behind it and 
You know, and I don't want anyone to take me wrong because, of course, we learn from the Word of God. Of course, we learn. You know, but for instance, right? People say, well, uh, all I need is the Bible. Well, that's true. All you need is the Bible. Um, but if all you needed was the Bible, why do you go to church? Why hear a sermon? Why hear a Bible study? Why go to a Bible study? Because that's just another person. Well, guess what? Those Christian books, those Christian textbooks, those are people that have learned in the same way, like life, right? I can go through life without ever having learned from anybody else. But you know what? I'm going to struggle. There's things I've learned from my dad. There's things I've learned from other people that have helped me in life that I probably would have struggled more with things or didn't know how to do this or didn't know how to do it if it wasn't for other people that have been there and done that and then they share that wisdom with me. So then when I come across that issue or that problem, I get through it a lot easier because somebody shared. And that's what somebody's doing when they have a textbook or a Bible study group or a sermon. They are passing wisdom. You don't necessarily need them, but it's going to make life a lot easier sometimes or even tolerable because somebody else has gone through it. So it, it gives you an insight that maybe you hadn't thought of and it just helps. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm derailing. Um, you know, when, when I went through the Bible college, I, I, uh, because I did Bible college in prison, Obviously, I was lacking classrooms. Obviously, I was lacking a, even a graduation, a formal type of graduation where I, you know, walk with a gown and, and receive a diploma or a degree. You know, um, <clears throat> I didn't have a teacher to raise my hand and ask questions. Uh, I was in prison. So I, in my own mind, even though I knew I had degrees and and college education as far as ministry and biblical studies, to be honest with you, I felt that I was inferior. I was coming out to the free world and I was going to be inferior from the average pastor because they obviously had way more opportunities than me and for sure they wouldn't be pastors unless they were educated. Well, I've been now pastoring 11 years. Yeah, yeah, 11 years. And uh, I have met a lot of people that have a calling, anointed by God, called by God. But because of the lack of educating themselves, they never reached a full potential. I remember hearing the story, and I don't know if it's true, I don't know, but I heard, I remember about Mike Tyson. And I could be wrong, maybe it's just a urban legend that his trainer that saw him saw in him a champion but he didn't know how to box see to street fight and to fight in the ring are way different things because in a street fight anything goes you can bite kick gouge you can you know but in a boxing ring it's very you're in a tight space you can't use weapons you can't do certain things so Apparently, like I said, I don't know if it's true, but Mike Tyson was told, you, you, are, you are a champion, but you need to be shaped and chiseled, and that needs to be brought out, or you will never reach your full potential. So Bible college 
can never replace a true calling from God. But a Bible college shapes you to become the best of your ability of what God has already instilled in you. I hope I'm, I'm making sense with that. And uh, so I came out and um, I, I did feel an inferior because of that. And just, I'm just being honest. Um, but then over time, I realized there was such a lack of just higher learning from so many people that people called them pastors or they called themselves pastors, you know, and, and I, I, I tripped out on that, you know, because I, I was just like, whoa, because, you know, if, if you know me, then you know that I'm not going to go around and act better than anybody because we're all servants of Christ. But I couldn't help but notice the lack of education, the lack of education and sometimes very simple things of the Bible, just very principle, basic things that, that give a, a foundation and an establishment in how to read the word and how to discern the word and how to get the context of the word, of what it's saying, you know, and I see a lack of that. So I remember it was about two years, I want to say two years after the church started, House of Rest, maybe two, three years, um, I, I tried bringing the Bible college I went to uh, as a satellite school at the House of Rest, but we were such a small church that um, nobody was really, really interested. Those that did enroll, they, it, it was just, it was too early. I'm not going to blame anybody. It was just too early. And then I just kind of put it on the back shelf for years, all these years. I'm talking in the back shelf, maybe eight years. Maybe six, I don't know. Six, eight years, six, seven, eight years. But all of a sudden now, coming full circle, you know, the, the church is bigger. And... um Many more people are viewing our YouTube channel, and um, and I made an agreement with the Bible College that that I be not only able to teach and enroll those at House of Rest locally, but many of you, because that was a deal breaker for me. I'm like, you know what? There's so many leaders that watch us that I know have the potential to do something amazing for the kingdom of God. Many of you sisters and brothers. But what good is it if I bring the Bible college to House of Rest in Modesto, but I can't share it to you? And when um, I sign an agreement with the Bible college, it's, it's Christian Leadership University or COUonline.com. Um, when they said they gave me the green light that I could also enroll and teach you guys, no matter where you're at in the world. That's all I had to hear. Boom. I said, send me that paperwork. I'll sign that agreement. We'll do it now. And, and that's kind of where we're at. Um, I think that I, I feel the nudging of the Lord that this is going to be something life-changing for so many people because it changed my life. You know, and anyways, um, in the context of what I'm talking about, I wanted to share this verse with you. Uh, it's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 
Let's see, let's start at, and I know, I think I've done a devotional with this passage, but I'm probably hitting it from a different angle today. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. For, so, so why did God give this call to certain people? Not so they can benefit from it, not so they can self-proclaim, not so they can um, have this title to make them feel more superior than other believers. That's not why. It says he gave them to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? The next verse answers it. For the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Those that are in Christ. That calling is not so you can self-exalt yourself. That calling is there so you can equip the believers. That's it. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. What's to minister is to, to be a servant, to help, to aid. So if you would have to compare it to a profession out in, in the world, I would say this is, a, this is more of a, a doctor or nurse because ultimately you are learning the skill of medical to help others. You know, what good is it to be, say, a nurse or a doctor? You're not going to perform surgery on yourself. You're doing it to help others. Well, in the same way, this is what this is saying right here, is that the reason God calls these people is so they can equip the believers for the work of ministry. So you're equipping others to do what it is you're doing. It says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What does edifying mean? It means to build up. If I lift weights, I'm edifying my body, my muscles. If I ride my bike, I'm edifying my lungs and my heart. I'm lifting up. I'm building up. So God calls them so they can equip the saints for ministry and to build up the body of Christ. And then it says this. um, So we continue to do this. Generation after generation after generation. Why? Because it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. What does that mean? And, and this is talking to women too. When it's saying man, it's saying mankind, humanity. But it's saying this, right? Is that to a perfect man. It's not saying that we're perfect. In other words, it's saying to be perfect is to be made mature. That that's why we're doing this. That's why we equip the saints, prepare them for ministry, build them up and edify them. Why? So they can be matured in Christ. When something is mature, it's not going to fall so easy. You know, so when I meet a lot of people that are pastors and they haven't learned the stuff they need to learn, they're not mature. I'm not making fun of them like, oh, you're immature. I'm talking in the spirit realm. They're not mature yet. When something's not mature, it can easily be destroyed. It could easily be swayed. A, a tree. Have you ever seen those trees? I don't know. Maybe not in, in here in California, like in a downtown area when they or a new park, they put a tree and it's a small tree. So they have to have a stick. And it's tied 
or, or, or it, yeah, it's tied to that stick. And that stick holds the tree up. You know what's weird? Is the tree is made out of wood. Yet it needs a mature piece of wood next to it. So it grows right. Isn't that weird? A stick holding another tree that's made of wood also? Because one piece is matured and the other isn't. So it could be swayed, it could be bent, it could be broken. So this is why we need to stand those. That's why those with the calling have to be next to those that are not yet mature so they don't get swayed, so they don't get broken, so they don't get bent. So you stand next to them and hold them up. Doesn't mean you hold them forever. You hold them until the tree is strong enough to stand strong on its own. It says this, till we come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We mature them. And, and look at this next part. So all this, right? It says, why, why? Why is this important? <clears throat> that we shall no longer be children. That's why all of this equipping, all of this maturing, because we can't be babies all the time. There's nothing wrong with the baby that can't run, that can't walk, that can't talk. But if you're five, six, seven, eight, nine, and you can't do those things, any doctor would be alarmed. Any parent would be worried. But yet we have a lot of Christians, Christian men and Christian women. You've been in the Lord five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, and there's no maturity yet. Because and here's the thing, right? Half is your fault. The other half are the leaders next to you that didn't stand next to you as a mature piece of wood to make sure you don't bend. You know, and, and I mean, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say that any better. But it says here that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Any new teaching, you're going to get tossed to and fro, chasing this, chasing that, oh, chasing deliverance, chasing healing, chasing prophetic words, chasing, <laughs> chasing whatever. Quit chasing. Stand still. Allow yourself to mature in the word. All that other stuff, praise God. God will equip you for that and get you ready for that. But if you go chasing after that, why do you think, you know, um, when one goes to a regular, a regular college, state college or, or city college, uh, before you go for your bachelor's, you have to get your associates. And when you get your associates, it's all the same old stuff back that you did in high school. And it makes you wonder, like, I just learned 12 years of this from first grade to 12th grade. And I got to go to college now and relearn and, and learn history and social studies and English. Why do they do that? I don't know why, but I'm going to take a guess. Is that because they need to, they need to establish a, 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 an even platform. They need to establish a strong foundation because they're about to teach you a, 
a, a, a, a trade, a career, but it has to be based on this formal education, you know? So, guys, we can't be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, see, here's the thing, right? You won't have the discernment to know if somebody is right or wrong in the Lord or if somebody has an agenda. You won't even be able to spot it. What's easy for a seasoned man or woman of the Lord to see right through that person, yet for the life of you, you have no discernment to even see. That's crazy. You know, and, and believe it or not, that happens a whole lot more often than you realize. You know, and, and we have to be careful. And there's no type of, you can't fast forward through this stuff. You can't just jump and leap to the next steps and skip one step one and two and three and then just jump to the next. You know, um, if you're a new believer and you haven't read through the Bible, um, I'm not talking to you. I get it. We were all new believers at one time. Uh, but I'll give you an example. Uh, I don't believe anybody should be behind the pulpit as a pastor of a congregation if you haven't even read the Bible once all the way through. It sounds silly, but can you imagine somebody going to be a journalist and they don't know the whole alphabet yet? The very basic of language is the alphabet, A through Z. Who would even fathom and say, yeah, I'm going to be a journalist, I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be an author. Do you know the alphabet? Well, um, some of it. That'd be silly, right? How about something more serious? And I think I've used this example, example before. What if you had a, um, somebody who's going to operate on your heart or your brain? But let's say the part where they taught of how to close up your chest again, what if they ditched that day? I know it's a lot more than one day, but let's just, for the sake of this conversation, can you imagine if, if they skipped every class that had to do with closing you back up again? Oh, but they knew the other stuff really, really good. Would you still let that person cut into you? You wouldn't, right? But yet, we have all kinds of pulpits across this country of people that call themselves pastors and haven't even read A through Z yet. Something basic. I would assume that you assume that if you're sitting in a church somewhere, you probably have the assumption that that person has read the Bible at least once. Obviously, it's got to be more than that. But I'm just saying at the very basis, right? I mean, this is the Word of God, right? And if somebody stands behind the pulpit, they're preaching the Word of God, right? So they better know the Word of God, right? From beginning to end. Should They better have poured into this. So 
Um, you know how I said we go through through history, science, language, all through from kindergarten all the way to first, second, third, all the way to twelfth grade, right? We've had science class, we've had social studies class, we had history class, we had uh, what has been so long um, reading, I guess, um, all of that, just to go to college, and they make you do it all over again. Well, guess what? The Bible college, like for instance, this is why I have an associate associates in biblical studies. By the time I joined and enrolled the college, I had read the Bible probably five or six times by that time in my walk. And then I want to go into get a degree in biblical studies. So obviously I'm going to learn a lot about the Bible. And guess what? It had me read the Bible from beginning to end all over again. It literally broke like, like Genesis was a whole course. And I could not pass that class until I read through Genesis, answered the questions, wrote essays on it, you know, to the point where it just, I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things in Genesis, even though I had read it five or six times, it by 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 going through the course, it let helped me extract and, and understand things that I would have never understood before. And I went through that every single book in the Bible. You know, and um I think it should be that way. You know, if somebody's a doctor, I assume that they went to the education for a doctor. Somebody's a lawyer, I assume they went through the education of being a lawyer. And those things are not eternal. Those things are temporal. So how much more is important when somebody is behind a pulpit preaching about your eternity, where you're going to spend the rest of time? Yet doctors go for years and years and years and years to help work on your body that someday is going to be in a grave, and my body's going to be in a grave. So how much more should the one that preaches the word of God be well studied to the best of his or her ability to pour into others the eternal things of God? Serious stuff, man. So that's why it says that when your children, in other words, not mature, then you're tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. This is why we're going to start the Bible college, the Bible school that's associated with Christian Leadership University. This is why we're doing this, to get people equipped to get them certified, to get them a degree if that's what you want, to push you to be the best you um, that God has created you to be so you can share the gospel in the most powerful, impactful way that is possible for you. You know, and I don't see any other way to do it. This is why we're starting POBS. Paracletos Leadership Bible School. They're all college courses, guys. These are real things. Syllabus, textbook, midterm test, final test, everything. Legit. And they're really good. Because this is the education I got. And obviously, 
you learn from this channel, and I learned from this college. You know? So, anyways, guys, um, this is going to be on Wednesday at 7 o'clock, our regular Bible study time. We are going to do a Bible study, but probably 30-minute Bible study, and then we're going to get into <clears throat> the introduction into the Bible college. You'll be able to uh, find out more about it. You'll be able to ask questions because it's going to be live. Um, if you don't watch it live, you watch it later, you're going to comment. I'm going to read the comments, you know, and answer you. And um, I think it's going to be a great thing. You're going to have the opportunity to enroll. That way you're enrolled by the first uh, semester because we're going to be starting it in June, uh, which is coming up pretty soon. Those of you that are watching this, you might be watching it later. So I'm talking right now It's May 3rd, 2022. And um, we're setting this all up for those that are enrolled can can enroll now, get everything they need to get started for June. So, uh, but like I said, I'm going to talk more about it on Wednesday, on Wednesday, you guys. So God bless you. Thank you so much. I hope you got something from this. I was just sharing my heart and sharing the scripture, and I think it's really important, guys. So God bless you. Thank you so much. Bye.